Um, I used to be the person that wakes up and they're like, mm, do I have to run today? Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I get to run. Diz Runs Radio episode 1020 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just a little reminder. That uh, be ready on race day. You know that book I wrote a while back, or if you're if you're new around here, I wrote a book a little while back, and uh, it's available. and And what that book is all about is basically trying to lay out step by step exactly what you need to do to write a good custom training plan. Because y'all know where I stand on one size fits alls. I mean, they're 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 okay ish, but they're not great. And I know that not everybody can afford to hire me or other running coaches, things like that. I get it. I get it. Some people don't even want to hire a coach. I get it. But that doesn't mean you should just default to a, a, a free one-size-fits-all type of plan or even a, a paid-for one-size-fits-all type of plan when you can maybe take one of those plans, tweak it, adjust it, and really make it your own. Or if, you, you know, if you're a true DIYer, start from scratch and just build it as you go. Either way, the book should help you. That's that's the desire. That's the 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 goal of the book. That's the desire that I that I had when I wrote the book. And thanks to uh, a lot of folks that have given feedback, that that's kind of what the book does. So if you want to check it out, be ready on com is the website. You can get some free sample chapters to kind of get a feel for the writing style. It's kind of as nonsensy as the podcast, but hopefully that makes it useful. Hopefully that, that it, it sounds like me. Um, but uh, the, the information that's in it is good. You can get that, like I said, you can get it for, for some sample chapters at the website, be ready on race.com. And you can order the book from the website or you can order it also from Amazon paperback and or Kindle versions available, maybe an audio version. If you're interested in an audio version, let me know. I've been kicking around the idea of, of putting it on Audible. Um, I'm not sure it's the best format for an Audible book, but if you're an audio... Odd, what, what is it? An, an audio... Whatever the, whatever the right word is for those that learn better audibly then maybe it's the right method. I don't know. Let me know. If, if, we, if a handful of y'all are like, yeah, dude, put it on Audible. Maybe I'll put it on Audible. Stay tuned. But for right now, print, digital, get yourself a copy. Be ready on raceday.com or on Amazon. Just search for Be Ready on Race Day. Grab a copy and uh, get to work on putting that plan together for yourself for your next race. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today, I'm catching up with a lady that was first on the show a, a touch over three years ago. And obviously, for a whole host of reasons, a lot has kind of changed in that time. Um, I know a lot of runners that really had their race plans impacted by the, the whole COVID pandemic and races canceling and, and things like that. And today's guest is certainly no exception. And, and I would, I'm not going to say that she had the biggest rearrangement of her schedule as anybody else did. Um, but hers was a hot mess that uh, ended up I think I've got my facts straight here. We'll obviously get into it as we go, but ended up with uh, three marathons in three countries and something like five weeks in the fall of 2021. So uh, a pretty fun month, but also a pretty tiring month. 
Um, but like I said, we'll get into all the details as we go because you know sometimes that's what you got to do when you're trying to collect world majors and you know get, collect the stars and you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, like I said, looking forward to hearing the details of that adventure and, and seeing what else is new uh, with my good friend Amy Mangata. So Amy, Amy, thanks for joining us today, and uh, welcome back to the show for a round two. Hey, thanks, Denny. So happy to be back. Yeah, looking looking forward to diving into, like I said, the, the major the major <laughs> story of the majors, the major story of the majors, <laughs> and uh, you know a, a whole lot of. I know you got some other new things going on, and, and y'all, if you want to connect with Amy, if you haven't done so if you're already, uh, her Instagram handle is probably the best place right now. Um, it's at Project Amy, just just like it's spelled P R O J E C T A M Y at Project Amy on Instagram. And if you missed if you missed round one, or if you want to go back and refresh, because we'll kind of pick up about I don't know if we'll pick up exactly where we left off, but if you missed if you missed all the backstory of of how she t- went from martial arts and kickboxing into running and chasing major stars and that type of thing. Uh, episode 671 is, is where that all happened. Dizruns.com slash 671, of course, to take you back to the show notes. You can just scroll back through the archives on your podcast app. And uh, for today, show notes, if you want anything from today, links and photos and all the things, Dizruns.com slash 1020. Dizruns.com slash 1020. Uh, we'll get you back to the show notes for today. So, Amy, like I said, lots of, lots of every, everybody's life has changed over the last three years, even without a pandemic. Things change over the three years. So whenever somebody comes back on the show, we still ask the same question. Sometimes the answer is the same. Sometimes it's, uh, it has changed over the years. Uh, but it's curious to know, you know, round two this time in, in 2022, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Oh, my gosh. Last time I was all about the 10 mile because I was just like, I think I mentioned like 13 miles is the trail of tears. And <laughs> I just loved the 10 mile. Um, but, you know, things have really changed for me. I actually love the marathon now. And uh, my husband would probably ask me why I am saying the marathon, because I think after every race I've just done, I was like, I hate this distance and I never <laughs> want to do it again. But um the reason I think is actually more than just running the distance, you really just get to know yourself a whole lot during that 26.2 miles. And um, I think the mental clarity that you get to, you know, understanding where maybe your mental health is a little bit off, um, what you might need to improve, like there's just such a spiritual component of that distance. And it nevertheless is a painful one if you are actually, you know, going for a racing, um, a racing distance. So I think 26.2 is my favorite distance to race. And I don't know if I'll do it forever, um, but I will definitely end the end of the, the marathon di- uh, part of my career saying, hey, I love 26.2. It's my favorite distance for sure. Good deal. Good deal. It's yeah. And it, it, just like any distance. And I think we even kind of touched on this before. And I, Lord knows I've touched on this with other folks. Like, like there's always a difference between racing and running and, and any distance. If you're really mm-hmm. racing, if you're really selling out and, and going as hard as you can, um, it's going to, it's going to hurt and it's going to be uncomfortable. And there's going to be times that, uh, when you get to the finish line, probably just about every time you get to the finish line, that you're like, that was <laughs> stupid. I, I don't want to do that again. Um, but yeah, there, there is something about that, that accomplishment of a, a and just the feeling of, of a good hard again a good hard any race but i, I feel like 26.2 like like it's 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 a love hate but but leaning definitely towards the the love when you get to that finish line and mm-hmm. you're just like gum, like that was that was something special yeah for sure for sure so um you know i, I guess i guess there's no reason to bury the lead like um uh, <laughs> 
I mean, I already kind of teased a little bit in the intro, and I, and I want to wait wait a second before we get to to you know 2021 and and the fall and all the races that you did last year. Um, but coming out of our first chat, you know, it was it was I can't remember if it happened in in the episode went out in January of 2019. So I guess we probably talked mm-hmm. towards the end of of 2018, fresh off New York, your first your first marathon experience. Yes. Um, and and at that point the seed had been planted. Like I'm going to do the world majors. Um, Chicago yeah. was next, right? What what Chicago was that fall? Yeah, I had just I think like either the day after we spoke, I had just gotten into the Chicago Marathon officially for the following year. Yeah, it was fall 2019, which feels it, like an eternity ago. Yeah, it, it it absolutely does. And and uh, so so not that we need to get the 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 play the, the full play by play the mile by mile situation from from Chicago, but. Um, what was, what was the, at least as far as what the stands out in your mind. And, and again, if people want to hear the full story of New York, they can go back to the first episode and, and, and hear all about that. Um, but second marathon, you know, I feel like for some people, the second marathon is like, all right, now I know what to expect. And it's like way better than the first one for some mm-hmm. folks that, that maybe I'm in this category. Oh, I've done one before. Now I know what to expect. And it ends up being a train wreck. Like how was your, your second marathon experience being also a second world major? Yeah, so um, this one was really different for me. I uh, decided that I was going to, well, obviously signed up for the majors, trying to figure out how to get into Boston, right? I had this whole plan. I was like going to get on the computer for Tokyo. Like, so I had all these like mapped out, like how I was going to get entries into all of these, knowing it's really hard, especially mm-hmm. for the ones overseas, but nevertheless, Boston. So, um yeah, the whole goal, of course, you know, you know me, Denny, I was just like, ah, I'm going to go run a second marathon and try to be cute. That is what I'm going to do. So um, I had a really good buildup. Um, I had like had all that diet stuff happen. So I'd like totally changed my diet and like finally felt really good and strong running. And uh, I had a really good, like everything about leading into Chicago was amazing. And actually the race turned out to be really, really great. Um, I had, a, I think I uh, left New York with like a 4.45 marathon. Um, and I ended up running Chicago in four, four, a 3.40, wow. 3.40 and 38 seconds. Um, I missed my BQ by five minutes and uh, I was okay with it. Um, looking back, I am not okay with the negotiation that went down at mile 20. Mm. Um, for me, it was like, things started to really get hard and uncomfortable. There was suddenly like, I knew the second half of the race, I was going to be headed into like head on wind. And, uh, if anybody knows me, I usually complain about wind. That's my one thing that I hate so much. So, um, I had like, you know, told myself, okay, when it gets hard in mile 20, you just got to go. I think leading into the race too, by the way, I was not a hundred percent convinced that there was any way on earth that I was going to hold an eight, mm-hmm. a little under an eight thirty pace. I was like, give me a break. There's no way. The last time I ran a marathon, it was a near death experience. <laughs> Um, so I was like, so proud of myself by mile 20 that when it did get hard, I did a terrible negotiation where I was like, you know what, Amy, you can slow down a little bit. It's okay. You're still going to come in with like a mile, um, an hour plus reduction on your marathon time. And here I was not realizing COVID was happening. You've got a couple other races coming up. So you're definitely going to shave this five minutes off. 
So I finished the Chicago marathon, like super, super happy and pumped. And then about three weeks later, I was like, oh man, like I got, I have some mental toughness to work through, you know, like that was just a positive self-talk, but in a way that I really like uh, put barriers on myself, which seemed unfair. So um, proud of that race though. Uh, really, really proud. And now that I'm 40, I technically did BQ, but <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think I learned a lot from that race just about like, I was tougher than that. And I, um, while I was super pumped and yeah, I could like, I was so proud of that hour reduction. Oh, it was like so cool. Um, but man, I, I, I didn't like handcuffing my own myself you know it was it was pretty sad there <laughs> yeah it's it's and it's interesting to me how our our minds obviously they're 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 invaluable in in pushing and, and racing hard and, and i mean just in another another aspects of life too of getting through the the rough patches but how when you have hindsight like you can you can kind of be like, well, dang, like I, I let myself take my foot off the gas. Yeah, I still ended up with a 60 plus minute PR, which is which is huge. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever had these thoughts, but I know I've had the thoughts before where it's like, you know, it might have been better if I would have just struggled to a 45 minute PR because then I wouldn't have been beating myself up. And there was still would have been, like, would have been a huge improvement, <laughs> but there still would have been a far enough gap that I couldn't have been second guessing. Like, well, what if I would have just dug a little deeper? Maybe uh, I could have ticked the box. Totally agree. Five minutes is brutal. Mm -hmm. You're like oh man, I really gave up in six miles. Like I could have done it in right. it. Yeah. It was, it was too, too close. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still burns. Well, but, but again, you know, and, and I think sometimes, and again, everybody's going to be different, but, but you have to, I at least have to kind of go through some of those things where it's like, oh, it, now all of a sudden it becomes more realistic because yeah, like going in with a, with a 445 and, and thinking that you're going to run 340 or 335 or something like that. Like, like, yes, all the training can point to it and, and you can try to do all the, the, the positive thinking and, and visualizations and, and all of those things that you want. But, but at least for me, in the back of my mind, I'm going to be like, well, dang, that's, that is still a lot. Like yeah. that's, that's 26 miles of uncharted territory running at this type of pace. Like it's not even close, you know, it's not just hold on a little bit better at the end or kick a little harder or something like that. Like that's start to finish. This is a whole new experience. And so, so yeah, I, I'm glad that you're at least able to say like, it was a good race. Things went well, things lined up pretty good. And, and I feel like, and maybe my timeline's a little bit off here, but to move the story forward a little bit, like you said, you had a plan of, all right, I'm going to run these yeah. races and things were mapped out. And I feel like you, you had sent it to me at some point and it was like, Hey, do you want to run this? Like there was maybe going to be some Disney racing in there. And you're like, you want to <laughs> run that one with me? And I was like, yeah, like, I mean, it was still like probably a year out or something like that. Like, sure. Whatever. Like, like, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, how, like, and then obviously the pandemic hits and all the plan goes, goes, yeah. goes haywire. Um, what was, what was kind of like, when did you realize, and, and again, everybody's timeline was different, but like, you know, that this was going to be more than just a couple weeks, couple months type of situation. Cause I remember, and I'm on the podcast multiple times saying like, I'm pretty sure, you know, it, it's, it's March of 2020, like, like fall races are going to happen again. I'm sure that they're going to happen again. And yeah. Yeah. Um, when, when did you realize that all those plans that you'd put together were just, they were out the window? Yeah, 2020 was uh, brutal for me in so many ways, but I will say, so I come right off of Chicago, I took a couple weeks off, go right into Tokyo training, because Tokyo is supposed to be the very first 
Sunday in March, 2020. I have never had a better training cycle in my life. It was so great. Everything felt great. I was like, there is no way I am not going to get this BQ. Uh, My husband and I, and like we had family also coming. We had spent all this money, right, to make it an extended trip. And what happened was so unfortunate was that, you know, Japan shut down before the United States, Mm -hmm. before it became a global pandemic. So it was three days before we were getting ready to leave for Tokyo. Um, They're right at the end of February. And I got a message first from one of my running buddies that was going to be there saying, did you see that the the race has been canceled? And I'm like, are you kidding me? They don't cancel world majors. (laughs) Um, And mind you, this is just like, we have a couple of cases in the United States at this point. Um, It really got canceled. I woke up, Zach, uh, the race is canceled. We're not going. And it was just like this whole thing of like, what? Um, So we spent the whole morning trying to cancel reservations, um, everything. It wasn't a global pandemic. So we lost our airfare in full. We lost a whole bunch of stuff, um, a lot of money because, you know, it wasn't refundable at that point. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I was frozen in time for that very moment thinking like, well, when am I ever going to, like, when is this race going to happen again? Like, it was just this weird feeling of like, I don't think good is happening. Like I was actually like, everything's going to be canceled. Mm -hmm. So, um, I actually was like, okay, well, I I really need, again, I'm still like very much focused. Like, well, how am I going to get my Boston entry still? Like, why am I thinking about that? I don't know. But like everything's falling apart. We're losing money. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get a Boston entry. So (laughs) I somehow sneak into the Myrtle beach marathon and I think it was like a week before, well, it put me a week too long of training. So I was already on the taper for Tokyo. Mm. I had to then ramp up again a little bit to get ready for Myrtle Beach. But Myrtle Beach was literally, Denny, the week before the entire country shut down. And here I am still like, yep, going to Myrtle Beach. Um, I will say a really weird side note to everyone. I was going through this really strange health issue, like right out of Chicago where I had this like, strange like I don't know it was like a it was like a rash and it would like come and go but it was very painful and I was just like what is going on with my skin so I'm like going through all this dermatology stuff at the same time it was just a nightmare but anyway I get to Myrtle Beach um and for whatever reason like I was feeling like death and side note I don't I I, my who knows I could have had COVID but Turns out with my health issues, I didn't have COVID, but I felt so bad going into Myrtle Beach. Um, The day of the race, I just woke up and I knew like, this is not going to work out the way that you, you and your training probably think it's going to. Um, So I get into the race. I already am having like gastro issues. Um, The wind is incredible. I'm like holding like 740 pace. Like it's going really well to mile 13. Then suddenly, I I can't ever express it into words when people ask me, but it was literally like Wally. If anyone's ever seen the movie Wally, he always goes into low power mode when he like can't he can't recharge himself with the sun. Mm -hmm. I literally just my body just shut down. Mm -hmm. It was the scariest thing that ever happened. I stumbled off the race course like thirteen point seven or so. 
um, I was hysterical mm-hmm. because I actually thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Um, I called Zach. I called my mom. I'm calling everyone somehow apologizing. Like, I'm so sorry, Zach, I made you come all this way. And I couldn't <laughs> even finish the race. And he's like, clearly there's something wrong with you. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so, so that was my last race. And then I had, so I had DNF and I'm thinking like, okay, well, London's coming up in April and then, you know, everything now is canceled. I lot London gets canceled. Everything gets canceled. And I was sort of left, I would say, feeling like towards the end of April, like I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm gonna even get to run these races now because I didn't know what was going to happen to my entries. It just felt like literally everything fell apart between my health and just everything was falling apart at the same time. Yeah. And then, you know, at, at, at the individual level, and then of course, obviously at the world level, everything's falling apart too, or at least everything's being readjusted and trying to figure out what's going yeah. on and get a hold of things. And um, I, I know that again, I mean, we've had these conversations with other folks and, and everybody's, unique in how they, they were able to, to work through the pandemic and, and get through and keep the head above water. And sometimes the head was below water, but then it came back above and, and, and the whole mm-hmm. situation, but how, you know, with, with having all these plans going into 2021 and I'm going to do this race and I'm going to do this race and I'm going to BQ here and I'm going to do all these things. Um, how, how did running shake out for you during, during the mm-hmm. pandemic with, with all the race plans just kind of, you know, poof and they're, they're kind of gone. Yeah, so um, I I came off of the Myrtle Beach Marathon, like in great shape. But again, you know, something was not right. So mm-hmm. it turns out that I ended up having some really strange autoimmune response, where my body was like, sort of like, fighting against itself in some way. And it it's it manifested itself with that rash that I mentioned but slowly rose my eosinophils and all of my blood work was all off. And anyway, it depleted my iron to very, very dangerous levels. So I went from running like a solid, like I was comfortable running a 740 like marathon pace to I could not even walk a mile in June. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, my mileage completely, I started to get into uh, cycling because biking was so much easier. I was like, you know, I don't want to lose my outdoor time. That was good for my mental health. We were all like stuck indoors. So it was tough. And we were in Chicago. So there it was really, really locked down for a long time. So I started to like ride my bike a little bit more. I got a bike, I started to enjoy cycling, finally got my health under control, like right there at the end of July, where I had to start taking like a shot every two weeks. Um, And I would say, in August, I started to be able to run again. And um, getting back to three miles, I remember being the hardest thing ever. I um, was looking at my Instagram one day looking at a shirt that said marathoner. And at that point, I couldn't even remember like, Mm. how it felt or what it was going to be like to be a marathoner again. Um, So I think at that point, I was just like, so happy to be able to run anything again. Um, And I was sort of thinking, okay, going into 2021, honestly, Denny, I, I was just kind of like, I'm not sure when I'm going to run again. So, because at that point, like come September, things were still going on. Nothing had passed like we all thought. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow. Um, And I'm so happy I can just run again that I think the whole 
mentality of like, you need to get this BQ, you need to push yourself here, there and the other, like, honestly, it, it dissipated to the point of even now, I don't feel the same way I did coming out of Chicago in 2019. Running is such it's such a blessing for us to be able to do it. And like, you know, a race, a PR, like none of that defines you as a runner. It's just something that like, I am so happy to be able to lace up and get out the door every single day now. Um, so heading into 2021, I was kind of like, my family knew it was going to be hectic. They had already started to talk about packing the world majors, like in a short window in the fall and, you know, I was just prepared to be like, you know what, I'm going to lace up and I'm going to get through this commitment because like being a six star finisher is so much more important to me than being a 328 marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's sad, but true in a lot of situations where sometimes, you know, going back to the point you had just made about how important it is to just be able to run. And, and kind of taking that for granted when everything's going, going well, the health is good. You're making progress, like you're chasing these goals and then to have things taken away kind of, kind of puts it into, into perspective a little bit. So, um, you know, we're into 2021 perspective has changed. You're, you're excited to, to, um, you know, start building, hopefully seeing some progress of building the the fitness back up. Um, when, when it, when it came to, and I don't know exactly when the timeline was, but when it was like, all right. We've got these three races, two in Europe, one in the States. They're all going to be in a, in a tight window. Um, did, did you have, you know, like, were there, were there logistics to getting into all the races? I mean, obviously, the, the no BQ, so there's the the, um, the charity component there. But, like, like how did you kind of, like, when did you know that, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing Berlin and London and Boston in uh, relatively short order, um, time to get to work? Like, how did, how did that all come together? Yeah, so it was um, probably mid-April. Um, I know London, so the the world majors had basically been set to be basically a week apart. Uh, I think Boston and Chicago were the worst a, a day mm-hmm. apart. Um, and so I was not willing to defer my London or Berlin. Uh, so I told my husband, like, um, I think that we should probably just plan to do this trip. It's going to be probably less expensive, right? Because we can just mm-hmm. go from one country to the next. Um, so in April, I had committed to saying like, I'm going to do London and I'm going to do Berlin a week apart. So it was two marathons in two weeks, no problem. Um, then I got c- contacted a week after that by Girls on the Run in Boston. And I have coached and volunteered with Girls on the Run. And so they were like, hey, there's a spot. And I was like, all right, this is going to be three marathons in three weeks. Um, but you know what? I felt like it was the universe like throwing me like uh, a free a free card. You know, like, Amy, who knows anymore what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And my whole mindset set had shifted. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to be able to raise money for a really, really good organization and put a little bit more miles, you know, meaning behind my miles. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So I had to like really strategically break that news to Zach, who was (laughs) not thrilled when I first mentioned it because he was like, how are you going to do this? We are going to go from Berlin to London to Boston all with different COVID requirements, entry requirements. Um, and you're going to now 
from a person who usually needs like months to mentally and physically recover from a marathon, you're now going to do three. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So uh, I committed to that and I started, um, I did start the build a little bit later because I was pretty, you know, the, the whole mission was a little bit different for me. I was not going out there for time. Right. I was going out there to collect my stars. So this was sort of just like a collection mission. Mm -hmm. Like all I had to do was get through that finish line, no matter how it was going to be. And so um, my training was, you know, a, just a lot of, I felt kind of like it was similar to sort of an ultra build, you know, mm -hmm. I was uh, running on tired legs a lot, um, running a lot of like, timed long runs just like go out for three hours and run um I didn't do a ton of speed work you know it's just like easy miles like just get a good foundation going and and yeah you know I was like I said I think the perspective shift of just being like I still haven't lost that gratefulness of like lacing up every day mm -hmm. um I used to be the person that wakes up and they're like hmm do I have to run today? Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, I get to run. Right. And I'm starting my day that way. So the whole perspective for me is so different. So I just thought of this as like, while people were, you know, DMing me on Instagram, thinking it was like insane. I was like, you know what, this is just going to be like a really fun way to see cities on foot and, you know, finish what I started kind of. So, um, yeah. So, so that led me right into three marathons in three weeks. <laughs> mm. That's, I, I, clearly, I had my facts missed. Somehow, I thought there was like a, it was like a month or maybe just a touch more. But three weeks, three three and three weeks. That's that's even even more impressive slash more crazy. But but kind of to your point, and 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 obviously, you have to have that mindset shift leading into something like that. It, you can't go and just try to drop the hammer three times like that. Like no, I mean, unless you're just some super freak and in, in, in which case maybe, but, but even, even then, I mean, if you're by definition, if you're going to drop the hammer for 26.2 miles, whether that means two hours and 10 minutes or four hours and 30 minutes, like, or, or, you know, somewhere, even whatever, like whatever the time is, if you're pushing hard, as hard as you can for 26.2 miles, like you're not going to bounce back to do that again the next week to then bounce back to do that the next week. Oh, by the way, like you said, also COVID restrictions, travel in different countries, like the whole nine yards, like you got to go into it just like, Hey, we're going to cruise. We're going to have fun. No pressure. Um, easy to have that plan. But when you get to the starting lines, <laughs> when you get to the finish lines, like how, how well were you able to stick with the, the endeavor of, Hey, I'm just cruising, having fun, enjoying, enjoying different sceneries, a couple of different countries, another different city. Like, like how did, how did those three weeks kind of play out based on what the plan was going in? Yeah, this is probably my favorite thing to talk about. It's it's just so fun to look back. I remember it so vividly. Um, so Berlin. Oh, well, first, let me just remind everybody that, uh, you know, I had just moved in April from Chicago. So mm -hmm. I, I, I was back to Florida. So I had a tough time, like, acclimating back to the heat this summer. But I was never so happy that I had heat like the training because every single day, no matter what country I was in every single day, it was progressively getting warmer. <laughs> <laughs> so every race day was like, it's a record breaking high for this time of year. Um, so, so I'll say that first. Uh, but um, so let's see Berlin. I have never had more fun running anywhere in my life. That was the best race ever. 
there was such a community spirit there. There were these little kids with their sweet German accents, like cheering you on and your name was on your bib. And I just was so like lifted and energized by the way that they were cheering my name. And um, I found this like gal in the beginning that was her first marathon. And so I ran with her for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I remember at 13.1, my quads were not pleased. I was really hot. Um, and it did start to get hard that first race. And I just reminded myself, like, you know what, you don't have to like, no, there's nothing, there's no expectations here except for you finishing this marathon. Like I had to remind myself that I was doing this for fun, that I was going to have fun that it didn't matter what time I, I crossed the line. So um, I, I did a little bit of um, like walked, uh, ran four minutes, walked a minute for, you know, a couple of miles. Um, by the time I got to mile 20, I just, I finished it out, but I got through the finish line feeling pretty, um, pretty good, but pretty beat up. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like I found my husband. Finally, I hobbled my way to my husband. I made him pay too much money for a rickshaw because I was like, there's no way I can walk three miles right now. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking in my head, like mm, in six days, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this again. Right. Uh, not going to lie. But uh, but the first one went well. Like I said, I was a little bit beat up. Um, I think uh, come Wednesday, though, I started to feel a little bit back to normal. And I, I was like squeezing in for massages. Like I had planned to get a massage like midway through each rest period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helped a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel getting to get into the line in London? Yes. OK, so. Um, London. So I actually finished London in 10 seconds more than I finished Berlin, which was shocking to me. But um, I let me just say London was an interesting experience. So, you know, I think that if we just like take a second to just think about how like everybody's lives have changed. um, I mean, some people have been fully remote, but like just being immersed in these remote environments, I think working from home you have less like nine, you have less office hour parameters. Like there's a lot of people that are just like very burnt out right now and things like that. And I didn't realize I was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I just sort of like am always in the grind, like with work and life and I'm go, 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 go. London actually was my moment in time that like I was able to somehow realize that I needed to make some changes. Like after this race series was over, I needed to go home and like restore balance in my life. Uh, Denny, I actually cried on and off the entire London marathon, like just pent up stress was pouring out of me. It was the weirdest experience ever. Um, it was a great race. I had fun, but, um, I was so grateful for the time to like really think things through. Like, were there certain aspects of my job that like I really needed to change? And I was just like suppressing, um, a marathon can do that to you. And especially when you're tired, imagine that. So, um, I had such an interesting race. I'm sure the people running by me, I know a few people asked me like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. (laughs) Um, but I ran through the finish line. I was so proud of myself. It was, but I was like, 
hysterical. Um, the the poor man that was giving me my bag, he like came and like wrapped me up in my foil because I was just disheveled. I'm like dropping things. And he said, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And then I just sat and waited for Zach on a curb. And when he came, I just remember hugging him and like crying for three minutes. But after that, um, I woke up the next day feeling like a hundred pounds lighter. Like I had this new charge and I was like going to make all of these changes, which I did come back and like totally changed my schedule. So London was a really interesting experience. It, it had nothing to do with like the race. It was more like, wow, this, this tired, like feat I've put myself through is exposing vulnerabilities that like, I'm actually too proud typically mm -hmm. and too tough in quotation marks to ever face. Like, thank you 26.2 for like stripping it out of me. Yeah. So that was London. Wow. <laughs> That's talk about, you know, a race that you'll never forget for, for not the reasons that you might oh. expect, but like, man, it, it, just a game changer beyond, you know, in, in life, a, a life changer, 26.2 miles for sure. Yeah. And the mileage, I don't really remember too much of the mileage. I was soaking in the, the sights, but I was so in my own head that mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't even looking at mile markers. It was really cool. Yeah, to say, sometimes those are, those are the best runs or races where you're just kind of lost, but, but you end up found when it's all said and done. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so the weight of the world comes off of you, but you still have yeah. another, another race to do a week later, Boston. Cross, crossing the Atlantic, getting to, to Boston. How did, how did, uh, the, the, the Boston marathon shake out? Ooh, Boston. Um, I'd like to put a disclaimer in that it's probably because I was overtired and my body hated me and I had <laughs> lost some, I had, uh, I feel like some of my quads had atrophied some, like, you know, I was a little bit weaker than I started out. Um, yeah, I told my husband that I'd prefer to go through the Boston marathon course again by car. Mm. Um, I really, so it, it was, it was cool. You know, I, I was like so excited to be there. I started the race. I knew that I was going to really need to pull it back because ironically, um, I had my inner thigh muscle on my right leg pulling a little bit on my knee and it hurt more when I went downhill. And so, as you know, Not the whole first part <laughs> of the Boston Marathon is downhill. Uh, so I, I went out at a really conservative pace, was having fun, saw one of these, uh, one of these Instagram like influencers that I absolutely adore. So I just ran up to her, gave her a hug, told her, thank you for the inspiration. Um, I was, I was doing really well until um, I just like got into a different kind of like got onto the pain train. It was a different sort of one. It was like, I need to do everything I can to not have to go to a med tent. I was starting to worry that I wasn't going to be able to finish the race at all because of the way that my knee was feeling. Um, so I just put this plan in place. I was going to walk the downhills and slowly climb the inclines. And so for everyone out there listening, everyone's always worried about heartbreak hill. Well, there's like four big hills <laughs> way before that one. I was like, wait, nobody told me about these. Um, so yeah, so I was like doing the opposite of most people who were walking up hills and 
running the downhill. I was walking the downhills and going uphill. My goal for this one, I think I was so tired, Denny, at that point. I just wanted to be done in less than five hours and get through the finish line. And so by the time I saw the sit go sign, I had this like burst of energy. I was like, if something happens to my knee now, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> I am so close. Um, but I like picked up the pace to like an eight forty five, wow. just hauling my butt in there. I saw Zach and my mother in law, and I was just remember like shooting my arm up in the air, like I did it. I made it three marathons. Then I turned on to Boylston Street, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? The finish line is so <laughs> far way away." Up there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually Facetimed my son, mm. and uh, he's actually a a world champion kickboxer, and he to me understands grit like no other person. And so I had him on Facetime, and I was just like be with me while I get through the finish line. And so we just got through together because let me tell you, that did not seem like it it was too far. I was like, this is insane how far away this finish line is. Um, But yeah, I got through the finish line and I was like, you did it. Like I've never felt so proud of myself than when I got through that Boston finish line. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can imagine why just, just, you know, what, what a whirlwind three weeks. And, and also I'm, I'm assuming something of a, a, obviously not like a return to normal, normal, but like racing, like you got to race again. And so like, yeah. like, like it's just kind of, there, there's that little bit that, that, yeah, you're at the point, you know, at least at that point, probably still now where it's like, Hey, I just appreciate running. Like racing is great, but like, I appreciate running. But at the same time, like, there's three marathons, three world majors, three more stars collected, like, like a pretty, pretty big cherry on top of the, of the 2021 Sunday at that point. Oh, you betcha. Yes, you betcha. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm really happy that I was able to get, um, just get into Boston because again, you know, we still, we still don't, don't really know what's going Mm -hmm. on anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I really had, I think the last time I was on your podcast, I really wanted to be done with my world majors by the time I was 40. And I just turned 40 uh, after this three, three uh, marathons in three weeks. You know, I just have Tokyo left now. So I just feel like for me, it's a, it's a really good way to, to have sort of gotten back on track from such a strange detour um, that I feel like good about, you know, moving into 2023 with, with Tokyo, uh, to finish it up. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, not that we're quite at wrapping up, but kind of, of shifting gears a little bit. And, and I, I, we don't have to dive into it any more than you want to, of course, like, like I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to pry, but you know, you kind of had that, that moment in London of like, yeah, need to make some changes, need to, to adjust some things on, on the life side of the scale. Um, so you get back and obviously you got to run Boston first and, and, you know, check that off and then get back to real life after this three week whirlwind marathon vacation, if you want to call it a vacation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what were some of the changes? And again, you go as, as deep or as shallow as you want, but like some of the changes that happened in life coming out of, out of that, that three weeks of, of, I mean, for lots of reasons, just a life changing three week whirlwind marathon major situation. Yeah, I would say the first one was was boundaries um, and protecting my time. I I know as we get older, you know, time becomes so much more precious, right? Like you just you really value. But I I had um, 
my schedule had gotten completely out of control. My clients were sort of in charge and I was like, I, I really need to rein this in. And so I went back and, you know, put, put boundaries on my calendar, my schedule, uh, took, I have a Friday now is like an absolute no call day where I can just not, you know, I need to have time, heads down time, reflective time, things like that. And so I was able to communicate with all of my clients and just being able to be more in the driver's seat of my own schedule. Um, I feel like now I just have more of a balance. I can be present, like when I'm eating dinner with my family on a Friday, um, because I've already established like, hey, this is what, and, you know, there's no, it's funny, because I'm a digital marketer, there are no there are no emergencies. I am not right. a doctor. <laughs> so I'm sorry, like no matter what your compelling case is uh, for me to, you know, have to jump online at 8 p.m. on a Friday, like it, it was understanding that like in, in the marathon really exposed just how how unbalanced my life had become and, and you know, how I was losing precious time with my family, just being preoccupied on, on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was a really big change. But also, um, I, I exposed a missing component of myself. And it was more of just like having that, pa- like I've had a passion project sort of on the back burner for years. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to bring this passion project to life. And it happens to be, you know, very much running focused. And so being able to like dive into something you're like, you can really exude passion for is just the most fun, which I'm sure you know, because Mm -hmm. you do something that's amazing that you love all all day. Uh, So that was a a really big change too. And then I I finally sat down and got my my run coach certification, Mm -hmm. which made me so happy. So um, I can't think of anything better than to be able to like give back to other people what, running is given to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and I'm, I'm smiling to myself because, um, you know, whatever type of entrepreneurial itch that I have and, and you clearly have having your own business, but it's, it's, it's like, I can totally relate to the idea of like, I need to put some boundaries around my business so I can go ahead and start two other businesses on the side. <laughs> like, like it's just, you know, like there's, there's nothing more, you know, 21st century digital entrepreneur than, than that. But, um, you, you can't tease us with, you know, I started this, this kind of passion project running related thing and then not at least give us a a few details or a plug or something like, like what, what are you, what are you working on? Yes. So, um, hoping to launch, you know, fully in mid February. Um, but I, so it's, it's really interesting. Um, every, every runner out there that's gotten through a finish line, understands that feeling right those finish line feels they're they're by experience only you cannot describe it um and so i i for so many like for so long i was thinking you know there's got to be a way to bottle this feeling for folks and so i ended up making a prototype a, a bracelet for myself for the world majors um and basically um my mother-in-law helped me with it she got it started but basically it was like well I hang my medal on my wall afterwards, but why can't I wear my medals on my bracelet? And every time I look down, I have this beautiful piece of jewelry, but it's, I'm reminded of Chicago and my PR. I'm reminded of my three marathon feet. Um, when I'm a world, you know, world major finisher, a six star finisher, why not be able to add that charm to my bracelet? And so I had this passion project on 
you know, just sitting in this idea. I had fleshed it out and had a prototype made and it was just kind of sitting there. And now I'm like, okay, we're, we're getting this launched so that there are, you know, runners everywhere can, can like capture their most important victories. Right. And, and where it, wear it with them everywhere and so you get to hang their medal and then wear their victories and so I named it victory co and on Instagram it's create at create my victory um and we have we're, we're gonna start the pre pre-sale launch here in mid-February but I'm just so excited to be able to uh allow you know it's it's allow runners to to carry that with them it makes me so excited because I know that my bracelet is I'm so proud of it like it's just it's also the coolest conversation starter (laughs) because somehow somebody will notice that there it says Chicago 26.2 and they're like oh man you're a marathon runner right and then we get to talk and and so anyway so I'm really excited about this and I'm just proud of myself for being able to get it out and um i i'm really excited to see what happens with it it's, awesome. it's exciting yeah that's that's really cool and you know again smiling to myself because what runner doesn't want somebody to come up to be like oh my gosh you ran a marathon like I tell me know. about it like that's, i mean that's what i've been doing for seven and a half years now it's like hey, tell me about your race like it's it's just uh again just one of those runner things that other people don't get but like you, you know there's all the memes like how do you know if somebody ran a marathon well they'll tell you but like you know, some of us try not to just lead with that all the time, but as soon as you ask, the door is open, like, like it's go time now. Yes, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that, um, I, I think regardless, regardless if runners talk about it, you know, um, those, those, uh, those victories are, are very, very much like near and dear to their heart forever. And so it's just a really fun way to be able to have them with you and, and remind yourself that you're a total, total, you know, bass mm-hmm. every day, give you the confidence you need to get through other, other challenges. Cause that's what running does anyway. Right. It, 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 it makes us better in life. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally agree. And, and again, at create my, my victory, right, Amy, that's what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So y'all go, go check that out. Give it a follow on Instagram and, and sign up for the, the, inf- there's like an email box or email or something like that on the, on the landing page right now. Get, get your information. Uh, so you can stay, stay abreast of what Amy's got going on on that front and, and get yourself a, a cool piece of jewelry that, that commemorates some of those race highlights. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Thanks. One last thing as we're, as we're getting towards the end here, at least, at least one last thing for now, who knows what else I'll think of between now and, and the next <laughs> 10 minutes or so. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like I can say this with, with some confidence because I feel like there was a DM that came my way from you um, <laughs> along with the topics of, Hey, do you want to run a 50 miler with me? Um, <laughs> so, so clearly that means that you've at least thought about the idea of dipping your toes into the, uh, the ultra running world a little bit. What's, what's going on with the, uh, the ultra running ambitions? Well, you know, the minute I realized that this year was going to be a little bit slow, I was like, well, why not do something crazy? So um, <laughs> I, I actually have been training for my first 50 miler two weeks now. Um, I'm going to, to give it a go April 2nd. Um, you know, my whole, my whole thought process here is that, you know, I love Tokyo uh, 2023 to just be my personal best, whether that's a BQ or not. Like I don't anymore want to be defined by a Boston qualifying time. I just want to be defined by my personal best. So whatever that is to me, I know is 
being able to mentally fight through the last six miles. And it always has held me back. And that is where my biggest area of opportunity is. And so when I was like logically breaking this down, like what do you do in 2022 to like work on your mental strength? I was like, well, I laced up three weeks in a row for 26.2 miles. And that alone helped me with my mental strength because that wasn't easy to do. You know, I almost think in some cases, just running 50 miles without having to then lace up again and do it over <laughs> is going to be a little bit different. Um, but mentally, you know, it's hard. Marathons to me are very similar to childbirth in that, you know, the pain, you remember it and then it fades off and that's why you sign up again. But like that pain was fresh every single time I laced, laced up. So, um, I I wanted to do the ultra because I am pretty confident that I can I definitely can make the distance. Um, you know, I, I know I can. And then also I just I, I really wanna just put myself into positions where I have to challenge my mental toughness a little bit more so that the running and the mileage all becomes relative to where I can be, you know, okay, this is six miles, Amy. Like remember, you know, use that that you know, the time when you ran 50 miles or you can use these experiences that you've gone through. And so I just really want to say to myself, like you made it through a marathon at, at your best, you know, you didn't give up on yourself. And I am signed up for the ultra to challenge my mental toughness. That is why I am doing it. Well, that's, that will be a success. Your mental toughness will be challenged yeah. because because 50 miles is is it's it's a different mindset when you get to mile 20 or you get to mile not that I've done 50 but I've done close to 45. You get to mile 22 and you're like, "All right, well now we're now we're halfway there." Like that's yeah. that's that's a different mindset. Um so yeah, you know, it's it's uh it's it's a it's a challenge, but it's it, and it's a different challenge, right? I mean, just like every race distance, you pace yourself yeah. differently, you 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 uh you know attack it differently, you have different goals. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing from afar because I did not answer that that <laughs> message with an affirmative. Yes, I will do it. I said you are crazy. Um, oh, we'll see we'll how see. it goes. We'll um, I I'm I I'm just so happy to run. Like you know, I just yeah. again I, I have a whole different perspective. So yeah, I uh, I think it'll be fun. And that's in, in in my still I would say limited ultra marathon experience of a handful of 50ks and one almost 45 miler. Like I feel like that joy of running is I've experienced that more in the ultra world. Not that there's not joy in the road running and racing scene, but like it's just a different vibe. And I'm I'm like I said, really excited to to hear what you think about it and and kind of you know hopefully really lean into that joy because it's, it's just, it's just there in abundance even more so than at the starting line of a major or a Disney or whatever. Like it's, it's just, it's different as, as I know you've heard me talk about that before yeah. and, and others as well. I'm sure um, it'll be a, it'll be a great experience, no doubt. Well, that's great. That's, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I will say one funny thing was my husband knows how metal motivated I am. And so he was like, well, there's not even a metal. You get a <laughs> coffee cup, a coffee cup. And I was like, that is going to be the most, prideful trophy-esque coffee cup that we have yeah. anywhere you know well, yeah and, and you use that coffee cup like every single day now so like you know <laughs> like not like i'm speaking from example but i'm speaking from or i guess experience like like one of the two coffee cups i use is one of my ultra marathon coffee cups so you know it is there there is that but um 
Anyway, as, 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 I know we could keep going, or at least I could keep going. I don't know if you want to keep going or not, but at some point we gotta <laughs> we got to wrap this thing up. So we'll, we'll do it here with, with the old philosophical uh, question. And, and there's been so much philosophy that, that I feel like has come out of today's, today's conversation. But um, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious from a, from a running perspective, we kind of got into a little bit, I think of, of the personal side of things mm-hmm. as far as lessons from the, those three races and like needing to put boundaries in and, and really take some time for yourself. Um, but what did, what did the, the three marathon majors in three weeks um, teach you from a running perspective as, as far as um, I don't know, I don't want to put, put seeds in your head. Like, like just what, what's the big takeaway from that three week block of your life that, that you're going to probably carry with you forever. Um, it is that, you can, any single person can be a runner. Um, you, it, it's almost like, I, I think that as an athlete, I've been an athlete my whole life. I think I always, we, we always tend to like, we're, we're following the record holders, the elite athletes, all, all of that. Um, I've, I've really started to, to embrace like the ordinary everyday runners and all of the different goals and and whatnot that everybody has and their motivations behind running. And I think one of the biggest things I'll take away from this experience is just um, to stop, again, defining yourself by, by like, what Boston might have set out for you, or it's more just like, what is the personal best for you that could be four minutes past a Boston qualifying time, Mm -hmm. right? Like, but I just think that, you know, we 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 there's so much out there just that it's almost as if you're, if you're an ordinary runner and and maybe Boston is not something that you ever aspire to do, then, you know, maybe you're less of a runner because of that. Right. And I think running those three marathons and being at different paces and talking to different folks and seeing the walkers that like walk run and they're finishing, you know, it's, it's amazing how much like, focus and grit that they have to get through that finish line. And I think the running community is just such a beautiful place because like you can be anyone of any shape, any color, any skills level, and you're welcome. And it's all about you out there. Mm. And I think that from this point on running is always going to be about me. It's not about the people that are doing things on Instagram. It's just about like what, what is my goal for it? How does it make me feel? And, um, you know, just being able to, to be, find a way to, to highlight, I guess, more of the, more of the ordinary folks and not, you know, not so much of the, the elite, the elite running and finding, finding, um, I, I, I was one day just going through and just finding a bunch of, of people that had run uh, the races that I ran. Um, and I was just following them. They were just, you know, ordinary runners, but it was so interesting to just read like what their goal was for the race. And so, yeah, I just think, um, you know, everybody, you know, shooting for my personal best in every race that I do, no matter what it is, is just my new out- outlook on running and, and being blessed that I can lace up my shoes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I love it. And uh, as as is often the case, 
throw a, throw a little question out and a great great way to wrap up. Great things to, to continue to think about and stew on. So thanks for sharing that, Amy. And, and y'all, once again, if you uh, enjoyed today's episode but missed round one, it's episode 671. Go back and find that in the archives or on the website uh, at Project Amy on Instagram. And if you want to follow the, the new the new venture and kind of see see how her, her side business unfolds, it's at Create My Victory also on Instagram. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1020. Dizruns.com slash 1020 for today. Show notes, links, all the things as per usual. You know what you can find there. So go check that out. If there's anything that you missed and you want to get uh, that information, Ellen will have it all linked up as she always does, doing a great job there. Um, Amy, thanks for uh, thanks for catching up. It was, it was long overdue, uh, so I apologize for that. But glad to glad to catch up with you. Um, looking forward to doing it again at some point down the line. But uh, have a have a great start to 2022. Have a great time at the at the ultra. I'm cheering you on. I promise you, I'm cheering you on. Even if I think it's bananas <laughs> that you're doing it, um, which is, is ridiculous to say since it's, it's quote unquote only a handful of miles farther. But uh, whatever, have fun with it, and uh, nothing but the best going forward. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. All righty then. Thanks, y'all, for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Amy, between Amy and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's chat. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it was something that Amy kind of harkened back to multiple times in a, a revelation or a realization that came to her kind of during that, that three marathon stretch. But it, it feels like it kind of has been percolating for a while. And it's the idea of focusing on her personal best. And sometimes, you know, that, that might be a time goal, right? But sometimes that could be something different of when it, when it comes to race day performance, strategy, mindset, fueling, preparation, whatever. And I think that, that I know that I'm guilty of this. I don't think. I know that I'm, I've, I've been guilty in the past, sometimes still a little struggles once in a while, with the idea of, you know, the, the finishing time is all that matters, hitting my time goals. Maybe if it's not even a, a PR per se, but like, I'm setting a goal for a race. I want to hit that time goal. And there's nothing wrong with time goals, right? There's nothing wrong with trying to, to get faster, build your endurance, run farther, whatever. But sometimes I lose sight of the idea that, that personal best doesn't always have to be a time-related goal. Maybe if there's a race that you're, that you're running, that you're kind of running it as part of, a, of your buildup to another race, you know, your personal best would be to go in and be disciplined. Your personal best might be to go in and hit your, hit your, hit your pace, your goal time for the marathon over the course of the last 10 miles of the half marathon. So you're not going to set a PR per se. You're not going to set, have the fastest half marathon ever. But if your personal best that day is to nail your splits for the last 10 miles, rock solid, rock solid. Maybe it's being mentally strong for the last 5k, the, 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 the trail of tears or whatever it was, the, the, the stretch of tears, like she talked about in episode one, the first time I had her on the show, mentioned it a little bit there at, at the beginning uh, of this episode. But, you know, that, that last 5K of a half marathon and really struggling right there. But maybe maybe your personal best that day is to be strong, be strong mentally, maybe to only walk once or twice, whatever the case might be. But but again, I, I, where my takeaway is, is, is not getting so focused on talking about personal bests or goals for the day, always being time focused. Again, there's nothing wrong with a time focused goal. But it's not the only type of goal. It's not the only type of way to compete with yourself. It's not the only type of way to have your personal best on race day. So I, I love that idea of, of, of aiming for personal bests every race with my added caveat for myself, maybe for you, that my personal best, and I think it's Amy's too. I just you know don't want to put words in her mouth in case it's not exactly what she meant. 
But the idea of your personal best, not always being your fastest, it's just your personal best for right now, for where we are right now for this race, what's the best I can hope for, and then go out and do your best. Sounds easy. Simple, simple to, to plan. Not always as uh, simple when it comes to executing, but Hey, you know, that's, that's part of what we love about the sport is putting, putting ourselves out there and seeing what happens. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always love to hear from you at Dizruns on Twitter at Dizruns on Instagram. You could also send an email Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today. Dizruns.com slash 1020 Dizruns.com slash one zero two zero thoughts, feedbacks, links, all the things there. And of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom of the page. You can leave your feedback there as well. On the website, you can also find information about the book. There you go. How's that for a tie-in? How's that for a little slip that back in there as a reminder right before we wrap up for today? Be ready on race day. There's the, the, If you go to bereadyonraceday.com, here's a spoiler alert for you. Bereadyonraceday.com just directs right back to the, the website page at disruns.com slash whatever. It's something long and, and ugly, uh, but it just redirects you right there. But if you go to the show notes or any other page on the website... There's a little uh, something in the sidebar, the picture of the, the book title. You click that, it takes you right there. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Be Ready on Race Day is available. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on the website. You can get a signed copy if you think my signature is worth something. Spoiler alert, it's not worth a lot. But, hey, I'll sign a copy for you. I'm happy to do that. And uh, if you want an audible version, seriously, let me know. I, I, I've been kicking it around, um, and I'll, I'll make it happen. I, 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 I well... I'll I'll kick it around more seriously if a handful of y'all are like, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to hear you read a book because I don't get enough of you droning on at the end of these podcast episodes or on the the Q and A's or the quick tips. I want you to drone on about a book. Well, I'll, I'll you know I'll do it. You ask, I'll answer. That's another topic for another day. Anyway, y'all, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you if you found this one good, uh, hit that share button. Tell tell a friend. Tell a tell an enemy. Tell a stranger. To just you know, tell telephone. Nope, not telephone. Anyway, spread the word. Always appreciate it. I'll, I'll enough dad jokes for one day. Sorry, you know, but sometimes, sometimes they just kind of come out. Anyway, y'all have a good one. Thanks again for the time and the attention. Until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks for listening today, and uh, we'll talk soon. Right later, y'all. <laughs>